All right. Well, welcome to this episode of the Tech Tech Edition, the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Jackson Moody. Um, I'm not going to lie. This past week really sucked. Um, so we did get Fardos Amac making his return to Texas Tech basketball. Uh, did not go well. Well, he actually played really well, to be fair to him. Um, he gave you way more than I thought he would, but Texas Tech fell on Saturday, 72-70 to 70 in Austin. It wasn't a bad performance from Texas Tech, but man, they coughed up a nine-point lead at half, let them get on a 20-4 to run to start the second half, and Texas, you know, it was a close game throughout, but man, that start to the second half was brutal. Against Baylor, well, against Texas in that first half, we really saw Texas Tech look like a Texas Tech defense. Against Baylor, it was the opposite case. Texas Tech allowed 48 points in the first half, 70 points in the first 30 minutes. They lost 81-74. We'll talk about all that and uh, get to some recruiting news in football. And in addition to that, we'll also talk about where does the program go from here? Texas Tech is 0-6. Where do they go from this point? Not just this year, but where does this program look for answers down the road going into next season? And future seasons. All right, so just like this basketball team, we'll start with chronological order and the game that gave us actually hope before we get to the game that crushed our spirits and the hopes of this team seemingly for the year. But against Texas, look, Mark Adams said in the post-game press conference, you know, urgency is setting in. The patience is gone. This team needs something now. Fardos practiced for the first time on Thursday before the game, he got, what, one, two, probably like one and a half practices in. He played 29 minutes. He wasn't a starter. Bacho got 19 minutes, and Bacho is still dealing with an illness. We'll talk more about him later. Kevin O'Banner, man, uh, he had a rough performance. He got 34 minutes, went 3 of 8 from the field, 0 for 3, he went 2 of 4 from the free throw stripe, but he, he's an 87% free throw shooter. And he missed two free throws with two minutes to go. You're 87% free throw shooter. Just two games after DeMarion Williams in a similar spot, missed two free throws. He was an 86% free throw shooter. Pop Isaacs played an okay game. I... Ah, he's taking a lot of shots. He got 35 minutes, 7 of 19, 5 of 9 from 3, 4 for 4 from the field. He he had 23 points, so he was on the stat sheet. It was really the Baylor game. I was more concerned with his shot selection. Jalen Tyson had a strong return to Austin, 5 of 9 from the field. It was only 1 of 4 from 3 and 1 of 2 from the free throw stripe, but he got 12 points and had 14 rebounds, including two offensive boards. Devion Harmon, he hit that big shot at the end to give Texas Tech some life, but didn't have the awareness on that last play to see he was getting fouled and just throw the ball up and hope they still foul you. He got 32 minutes, 3 of 8 from the field, 1 of 1 from 3. That was a big 3. Kept the game kind of alive. 6 of 8 from the free throw stripe. He had 13 points. Fardaz Amak, he was the only guy off the bench to get 10-plus minutes. He got 29 minutes, 5 of 12 from the field, one of three from three, one of two from the free throw stripe. He had 12 points, and he got a total of five rebounds. He had a pretty good game. Lamar Washington, he's seen his minutes cut uh, this past week, which is kind of surprising because I think all of us are pretty high on him, 
And we, we sometimes wonder what would it look like if Lamar Washington's in this starting lineup over Devion Harmon. He got nine minutes, one of four from the field, two points. Demarion Williams, nothing going. Four, four minutes, nothing on the stat sheet, a lot of cardio. Uh, Richard Jennings, one minute, same thing, nothing going for him there. Man, uh, I got to talk about Bacho. 19 minutes, oh, for one, one board, two assists. He got five fouls. Um, so we'll talk about Bacho a bit more after the Baylor game. I, I think it's worth reminding people he lost 15 pounds due to an illness before the TCU game and has been working on putting this back on. But this Texas game, positives. This team fought. In Ames, they did not fight. They just laid over, let themselves get killed, let themselves run out of the building. This team came out from the jump believing they could win the game. They made it a game from the start. They they kept the pedal to the metal. Negatives, that 20-4 to run to start the second half. And Mark Adams, what are you doing? You have three timeouts in the second half. You go from a nine-point lead to a seven-point deficit without calling a timeout before you finally call a timeout? You don't stop the run when they get within two? I mean, come on. You, you got three timeouts. We, we saw against OU, you, your inbound plays don't work anyways. Might as well call the timeouts. Another criticism, he, he finally started working the ref this game. And Texas Tech was getting screwed on the calls early in that second half. But man, you, you got to have a coach to work the ref. And finally did it. Where, where was that against Kansas? Why does it take to the fifth game in Big 12 play to start working the refs? I don't. And he, he finally did it and it actually helped Texas Tech. We got away with a couple calls. We got some good calls going our way. I'd say it was 50-50 probably for the last 10 minutes from the refs. But, man, if you're working the refs from the get-go, you're getting a couple more calls in that second half early on. And, you know, he should have known that against Kansas. I I, I can't explain it, and then I can't explain two more plays. Why why are we missing the free throw on O'Banner's side instead of Amac's side? I guess maybe O'Banner's a bit better at getting the boards, but, man, I you got a 6'11 guy. You want to throw it off to Amac, see what he can make happen. It's one jump from him. Can, can he do it? You're putting him on the side where he's not jumping off of his injured foot. I Wish that we would miss the free throw to Amax side. And then on that last play, we have 3.8 seconds. We're inbounding it, then throwing it back to the inbound guy. You got less than four seconds. You're taking a second off the clock to get to where you could have been off the inbound. Why aren't we setting screens to get somebody free? And why, when it looks like they're going to foul us, don't we throw up a shot and just hope it? Look, either you hit a half quarter or you're going to take, what, a three-eighths quarter instead i mean just throw it up from half court hope they actually foul you if they foul you you get three free throws i know we're not good at it but it's better than having to rely on miss one and shoot even if you miss that first one of the first two you can still miss one and be in the same spot or you you take a half court shot and it's only a little bit worse than the shot you're going to take anyways i i i just didn't understand that and but there were positives this team fought but at the end of the at the end of Saturday, they were 0-5 in the 
in conference play. And yeah, I know. Look, it was a bad half against TCU. The refs kind of kept you from playing your game. Against Kansas, yeah, there were a couple missed calls at the end. You lost. Um, one point game, you had the ball in your hand, couldn't get anything going. And then, you know, OU, I get you had guys injured. And then Iowa State, yeah, you didn't show up, bad performance. And this one, oh, you're two points off. At the end of the day, you've lost five straight games. You know, the ifs don't matter at some point. You've lost five straight games. And, you know, after this game, you were 0-7 against teams with a pulse. And that brings us to Baylor and Texas Tech. And this was a chance you had Kirkley Knowles saying, Oh, well, if you don't go to the game, well, I'll, I'll fight you if you're a ticket holder or whatever. Talking about, you know, students have to come and support. And, yeah, you know, this is where the run begins, all that. You, you just don't play defense. You just didn't play defense in that first half. And that's not even me saying it. That's Lorenzo Diase saying it. The guy who played at Texas Tech for five years. The guy who went to Elite Eight. The guy that saw the bad days. The guy that made it to the NCAA tournament with Tubby Smith. The guy that got us to our first Elite Eight. Then our first Final Four. The guy that called the meeting after you lost in Lawrence to Kansas and took everybody's phone away. And even he's commenting, there's no defense. You allowed 48 points in the first 20 minutes of this game. You allowed 70 70 points in the first 30 minutes of this game. Iowa State runs the no-middle defense. They have not allowed over 70 points in their last three games in Big 12 play. I, you know, you saw good things against Texas. And then first half against Iowa State, or sorry, Baylor, you see nothing good. Yeah, we shot the ball really well. Credit to our offense. But that's not Texas Tech's MO. And look, with the guards that Baylor has, you're just not going to score on. You're, you're not going to score with Baylor. You just aren't. I mean, you can't score with Baylor. You physically can't. You do, you're not built for that. And they shot well. Yeah, I think the offense may actually be better than last season's offense based on the last two games. But you're not built for that. And... I mean, Lorenzo Diase is out there tweeting out, no defense. The fact that we think we can trade buckets right now, dot, dot, dot. I mean, and then there just wasn't emotion. You got the student section back. You're 0-5. This is a game that if you win, you can go on a run. You can catch Kansas State after they just beat Kansas. Hey, a bad Big 12 team beat a really good Big 12 team in Manhattan last year when Texas Tech played Kansas State. Maybe it happens again. And then you got West Virginia, you got LSU, you got a couple get-right games in there. Maybe you're entering three and four against Iowa State at home. Chance to go back to 500, and you squander it, and now you're 0-6. You're 10-8 and on the season, and you are 0-8 against quad one and quad two teams. More from Lorenzo Diase. Can I get some more emotion, please? Like something. That's what it feels like. I, that's what it feels like. And I mean, Baylor shot really well. At one point, they were, I believe, 8 of 14. Uh, maybe 8 of 13. 8 of 15, I think, was the number. 8 of 15 from 3. You know what they ended? 
11 of 29. They shot 38% from three. 37.9% from three. You shot 38.7% from three. You shot better from three than they did. And you took more threes. And yeah, I know it was falling, but they regressed back to it. There were chances for Tech to get in this game, and they just didn't. It looked like a couple people were fighting, and the rest of them weren't. Um, going down the score sheet for Tech, Fardaz Amak, he was a starter. Started over Bacho, 24 points, 5 of 8 from the field, 1 of 1 from 3, uh, 12 points. He got 9 boards. Credit to him. I I didn't think Amak was going to suit up for this team. Honest to God, I didn't think that Amak was going to suit up for Texas Tech this year. If I was him, I would have said, no, I'm, I'm, look, I didn't sign up for this. There's seems to be locker room issues. I, I signed up for a good culture. I signed up to compete. I, I can't be having NBA scouts seeing me on a hurt foot, but Amax come in. He's look, you look at him. He's obviously not quite in great game shape, but you know, he's getting out there 24, 29 minutes. Uh, O'Banner. He had a bit better of a game, 27 minutes, 4 of 6 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, 1 of 1 from free throws, only 4 boards, though, and man, that hurts, I get that, he was playing small forward for a little bit, but man, you can't be doing that, Pop Isaac's bad night for him, is still a very good player, 34 minutes, 4 of 15 from the field, 3 of 13 from 3, 3 of 4 from the free throw stripe, 14 points, 5 assists, to his credit, well, not to his credit. He got four turnovers. Jalen Tyson continued his hot streak. That's two straight really good games for him after he looked a bit lost in conference play. 33 minutes, 7 of 13 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw stripe, 19 points and 12 boards. Good good effort by Jalen Tyson today. Four offensive rebounds. Hey, yeah. Sorry there. Positives, Jalen Tyson seems to be coming along nicely. And he can't transfer. <laughs> NCAA has some stricter rules on transferring the second time now. So, you know, seems he's stuck here. Devion Harmon, not his night. A lot of nights haven't been his night. 29 minutes, 2 of 4 from the field, 0 of 1 from 3, 0 for 3 from the free throw strike, 4 points. He got 6 assists. Six assists, credit to him there. KJ Allen, it says zero minutes, he's on the score sheet. I don't believe he actually got in. He may have got in for a, for a small run. Daniel Bacho, man, well, I'm going to get to him soon, but 22 minutes, one of one from the field, one of two from the free throw stripe, sorry. Uh, three boards, three points, not a good day. Lamar Washington, four minutes, uh, nothing on the score sheet. Demario Williams, another four minutes for him, nothing on the score sheet. Kerwin Walton, and we'll discuss him a bit more in a second. 23 minutes, 4 of 6 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3. They were all threes. He got a couple assists, didn't turn the ball over, and got 12 points. So, look, he started hitting his shots. Those were the most meaningful shots he's probably had in a Texas Tech uniform. And he kept you alive for a lot, lot of this game. Couple play, a few players I want to talk about here. Starting with Daniel Bacho. A lot of people are saying that he's not cut out for Big 12 play. I, I, I get where they're coming from. I get it. He has taken a dip every time he's been in Big 12 play. At Arizona, he got injured. His year, when he was there. 
Last year he got injured and he got COVID. Got it. Okay. This year, injured, small injury that he sustained on just trying to hustle. It's not like a muscle, a weak muscle or anything like that. Dislocated a finger, went for a block and uh, trying to make a play in a game that was coming down to the wire. Okay, fair enough. Then he gets sick again before this game. I, When we're talking about Bacho's health issues, it's not just that he can't stay physically healthy. It's that there, he legitimately just gets sick. And COVID, I get that happens, but man, this has come at the worst time for him. It really has. Like, you know... I'm I'm confused because I th- I think that he can be a very good Big 12 player. I really do. I really do. I think he was a bit overhyped to start the year, but I think he could be a very good Big 12 player. But the thing is, you got to worry about not only him getting hurt, but him getting sick because it's happened the last two years. And yes, one of them was COVID, but it seemed like he had two illnesses this year. And when he gets sick, he. It seems like he gets really sick. He lost 15 pounds before the game against TCU. And credit to him for going out there and playing. Credit for Fardos for playing on his hurt foot. But Kevin O'Banner also, at this point, I don't even blame Kevin O'Banner. He looks like a guy who came back, knew, knew he probably wasn't going to get drafted. This was the most important year of his life, and it's not going in this way. And, I, I mean... Look, this guy needs to see a sports psychologist or something because when you watch him, it seems like the weight of the world is just coming down on him that, you know, he's worked to get to this point and he he has this chance and he just can't get over the hump and it seems like it's playing mind games with him. The the other player I want to talk about that had a good game, four of six from three, Kerwin Walton, but he's not a three and D guy. He's a three guy. And that's what's hurting because he also gave up a lot of threes and he's starting to hit shots. But man, this team just, they can't defend like last year's team. They can't defend even like the 2021 team, the 2020 COVID year team. They, they just, the defense just isn't there. It, it just isn't. And look, it's frustrating. It's disappointing. And this program's going to have some real questions going forward. Some real questions going forward. Because one thing I think for the future of this program, look, this transfer stuff, it ain't working. It, it ain't working. It didn't work in the COVID year. That wasn't a good team. There were clear chemistry problems in 2021. And I get 2019, it worked. But when you look at the guys that were on the court, Odiase was a fifth-year guy. Kyler Edwards was a true freshman. Uh, Moretti came back. Corpru, he was a Juco transfer. Culver came back. I, I'm missing one right now. I'm sorry. But Tyreek Owens and Matt Mooney, they were grad transfers that fit your system. Getting all these transfers just hasn't worked. When you look at the guys that who were big for us, it was grad transfers last time. It was Adonis Arms, Davion Warren, Malik Wilson came. He he didn't have as big of an impact as you would have hoped, and he wasn't a grad transfer. Kevin O'Banner was a senior. He had a good impact, not a great one, but man, when you 
when you go down the list of four, of tech players who came here as freshmen and aren't on this team, it is frustrating. Jamaria, well, Burton, he didn't come here as a freshman. He got one year here, but he he was named like ACC Player of the Week last year, last uh, week ago. I mean, you have Ogbo shooting over 40% from three. That guy's probably going to be playing in the NCAA tournament with Boise State. All the guys that we brought in to replace him are probably going to be in the NIT or sitting on their couch watching it. It's at some point you got to start trading a little bit of talent for a lot more chemistry and a lot more of guys who are used to the system because look, Tyreek Owens and Matt Mooney were great. They're not really walking through that door right now. They they just aren't. I'm sorry, the one I forgot was Brandon Francis. He came here after his freshman year in Florida. Uh, but that was his third year in the program, second year playing. So that's the one I forgot that we're getting key minutes for Texas Tech in that final four run. But, I mean, you're sitting at it. You're 0-6. You're going to Kansas State, who looks like one of the best teams in the Big 12. And, I mean, TCU, to be fair, on Saturday looked like the best team in the Big 12 and just lost to West Virginia. You lose this game, West Virginia wins one. You're two games back behind ninth, seven games in. It's not good. You've lost three straight games at home. You've played three games at home against teams with a pulse. You've lost all three. You played two neutral site games against teams with a pulse. You lost both of them. You played three road games against teams with a pulse. You lost all three. Eight. And I think the most maddening thing would be Mark Adams' comments after the game. This one in particular, if I can pull this up real quick. Quote, we'll get healthy. You're pretty healthy now. Injuries happen. We wish we had a switch to turn back the clock back to November. This would be a heck of a team come December, early January. What were you doing in November? You knew that you weren't going to have fart Oz. But it is what it is. We've got to get ready for the next game. Don't give up on us. You're going to keep seeing us improve. I think we'll see a very tough team come February. But come February, your tournament hopes are over. Your tournament chances are over. Your chances to get top six in the Big 12 are probably over. And yeah, I know if you put this team in another Power 5 conference, they're probably 3-3 three and three right now. Don't get me wrong. They're probably 3-3 three and three in another Power 5 conference. You're not in another Power 5 conference. You're in the Big 12. You compete against Big 12 teams. You see them twice a year. Last year, Iowa State, they scheduled a good non-conference. Beat teams from other conferences. Went 7-11 and 11 in Big 12 play with just one ranked win, and they got in. If you schedule a tough non-con, which we don't, we don't, and Maui... Look, Maui didn't do us any favors. Our Big East draw didn't do us any favors. Our SEC draw didn't really do us any favors to pick our strength of schedule up. But, man, you got to schedule teams from other Power 5 conferences and prove you can beat them before you get into the Big 12 grind because the Big 12 is a grinder. Seven wins can get you in. In the last eight years, not counting Oklahoma State, who was ineligible last year, 10 teams have gone 8-10, and 10, and 60% of them have made it to the NCAA tournament. People get and respect the Big 12 as a really good conference. You can play your way back into it, but at this point, man, you got to go 8-4. and four. 
in the conference to have a chance. And I'm sorry, I, this team just doesn't really know how to win games right now. It, it is maddening, and there's going to be some big questions asked about this future of the program, including Mark Adams, who I will say, and I'm not talking about the casual fans, the t-shirt fans. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. But the people who follow this close, who do who follow everything closely, the diehard fans, I have never seen a coach start with so much goodwill, have so much goodwill after year one, and fall in the fans' eyes like this. I, I haven't. I haven't. Maybe TCU and football is about to see that with Sonny Dykes hiring Kendall Bryles. Can you believe that? But I have not seen a team collapse or a coach just collapse in the eyes of fans like this. All right. Well, after 25 minutes of straight bad news regarding Texas Tech men's basketball, let's talk about some good news. Texas Tech women's uh, just beat Texas earlier today, earlier on Wednesday evening. Um, they are three and two against Texas in the last three years now. That is impressive. They were zero and fourteen in the seven years prior to that. Uh, things are turning around in the women's program. They're not even in the first eight out, according to ESPN, which that's a bit iffy. Their net rating isn't that good. Um, they have played a tough schedule up to now. The Big Twelve right now is projected to get six teams in. Last week they were projected to get seven into the women's tournament. The turnaround in this program has been really good, and this team could definitely end up in the NCAA tournament, or at least in the women's NIT, which is a huge step up, recruiting stepping up there. Um, so good news there. On the football front, even more good news, as Texas Tech, currently the sixth class in 2024, and I know we were number one at one point in 2023, but we had like 10 more commits than everyone. This one, we have like one more commit than most teams. We rank six. Johan Cardenas, according to 247, is a four-star. He is a our highest-rated recruit yet. Will Hammond, by the way, still not rated in this. Will Hammond, since committing to Texas Tech, has gotten offers from Auburn, Oregon, Penn State, Tennessee, Texas A&M. The word is he is locked into Texas Tech. No plans to visit anywhere. He's locked into Texas Tech. Great news. Um, look, I saw this guy in person. He's unrated in 247. He's a three-star in Rivals. This guy, look, ignore the stars. This is a four-star, maybe even a high four-star quarterback. Uh, other programs are taking notice. Tennessee, A&M, Auburn, Penn State, Oregon, all those teams ain't offering uh, unrated commit that they don't feel good about. So great news there. He's he's locked in and other programs want him. He has interest from Texas. He ain't going there. Also, quick note, Huddo's fight song, which is where he's out of, their fight song is the same as the Texas fight song. Same music in that, at least. So good news on the football front. Baseball, by the time this is released, will start in just 28 days against Gonzaga. I've already been I, – I, I couldn't go to Omaha last year. You know, probably a good year to miss considering it wasn't the best season for us. 
but we are number 24 in the D1 rankings. I think we, you know, if you talk to people who know more than me, um, talking about Red Raider dugout over there, this team will need some things to bounce right. Uh, they're going to need some guys to step up, but this is definitely a team that can get to Omaha. Found out I don't have a- anything that I can't request off of work for for that first weekend. I'm, you know, already planning on going. It's only an eight-hour drive for me out in Denver, so looking forward to that. Hopefully we get there, and it's going to be fun covering this baseball season. There's going to be a lot of drama around our basketball season uh, coming up during baseball season, too, and then we're going to have spring football to talk about, so better days are ahead. Joey McGuire's got the ship in the right direction. Tim Tadlock always got the ship in the right direction. uh, Basketball, Dusty Womble has huge investments and deep pockets, and I I do trust Dusty Womble to uh, help us out in basketball. So that's going to do it. Uh, Quick programming note, the next couple episodes, I'm going to try to have more people on. I was actually recorded one there was an error in the recording i recorded one with somebody that i think a lot of people would be interested in um we'll have him on next time hopefully um but episodes may get a little bit longer once i get somebody else to talk to here but i i think it will be a interesting change of pace and hopefully provide more perspective to it until next time uh i guess just pray we play kansas state on saturday if you believe in prayer You know, yeah.